0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, October 7th, 2012. Parables, Debt Cancelled. Good morning. You know, here at Connection Church, we we talk about forgiveness very frequently. Um, It's a great concept, but sometimes it can be a little challenging putting it into practice. Peter uh, wondered about that himself. In the 18th chapter of Matthew, he says to Jesus, he says, hey, if, if somebody sins against me, how, how many times should I forgive them? Seven times? Well, the answer Jesus gives isn't exactly what Peter was expecting. Because Jesus says not seven times, but 70, seven times. Or in other words, 70 times seven. That was a very different answer than Peter expected. and. That's something we're going to be looking at this morning as we continue our series on parables with the parable of the unmerciful servant. Good morning, Connection Church. I'm Alan Jones. and uh, Normally my wife Carrie would be here, but um, as she shared last week, she had a little bit of an accident where she broke her humerus bone up near the shoulder well uh we went to the doctor monday and uh just to have him tell her everything was fine and just keep it immobilized unfortunately he gave her a little different story told her she was gonna have to have some surgery so wednesday she had surgery where they put a a plate in which means they can't do it lot. they had to make an incision and put a plate in with some screws to bring that bone back to where it needs to be um Carrie's doing okay. Her biggest challenge is to try to take it easy and not go 100 miles an hour, and that's a challenge, but she's doing pretty good at that. Uh, In fact, she was hoping to be here this morning at this service, but um, I got a text that that just wasn't going to work out this morning. And uh, she appreciates all your prayers and all, uh, you know, the contact, and please continue to pray. Uh, God is healing, and she will continue to heal, and she just needs to, you know, kind of take it easy and, and allow... The energy that's usually going at 100 miles an hour to go into healing her arm that is going to get better and is in the process. Amen, amen. So thank you. But as I said, I'm Alan Jones, and um, well, the bottom line is I'm a sinner, and I've been saved by God's grace in Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. Let's pray. Holy God, thank you for this time together. I thank you for calling us to worship. That you don't call us alone but you call us as a community of faith a community of believers to 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 be with each other to work with each other to share our gifts together i thank you for the gorgeous day you've given us thank you for the rain i pray for the the uh good that it's going to do for the plants but i especially thank you for the uh living water that you bring to us today i thank you for your scripture and i pray that this time we will look more closely at it and from it we will know each other and we will know you and your kingdom a little bit better. Uh, I pray that through this time we will be changed and transformed and, and that we will uh, either for the first time or once again realize new life in Jesus Christ. It's in his name and the power of your Holy Spirit we pray In all connection church said amen. Forgiveness. Wow. It's not like we haven't talked about that before, right? I think it wasn't, <clears throat> excuse me, just a couple of weeks ago probably we talked about it. We, we talk about forgiveness a lot here. Part of that's probably because we find forgiveness a lot in the Scriptures. I do a little research uh, in the New International Version. I think there's like 120, 122 uh, places where we find either forgive or a derivation of that word in the Scriptures. That's 120. It's really interesting that and in, uh, that's over 66 books. In four books of the Bible, we find a third of those instances, just about. uh, Wait a minute. Uh, Yeah, a third of them. Just about a third of those are found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books of the New Testament, the books in which uh, we read uh, who Jesus was, what he did, what he said. A third of the forgiveness uh, passages are found there. Hello? (laughs) That's not surprising, is it? Because Jesus was all about forgiveness. And that's what we find there. That may be why um, uh, Peter uh, asks a question that we're going to look at this morning. In, in Matthew 18, 21, Peter asks this. He says, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven? That's a good question, don't you think? It's a fair question. Um, in fact, if you've had many dealings with people, if you've had uh, uh, times when you needed to forgive somebody, you probably asked the same question: Lord, how many times do I have to forgive this guy? <clears throat> and, and I'm not sure what answer it was, but you probably said, "Really, that can't we make it? I'm tired already. I'm. This is getting old. Uh, Sometimes we feel like enough's enough, don't we? And yet." Uh, Yet we're called to forgive. Um, Peter offers a number. He says, um, seven? You <laughs> know, where did he get that from? Well, uh, from, from what we read, and back in that day, the teaching of the rabbis, the, the Hebrew teachers, they taught that, that a person must forgive another up to three times. So I think Peter's going, yeah, I've got this thing three times. I'm going two plus, two times plus one. Man, I'm on, I'm, on, uh, I'm on bonus here. Lord, you got to be liking me over this one seven times. Uh, or, or maybe he figured, you know, seven's the perfect number. <laughs> Can't go wrong with that, can I? Or maybe he just pulled a number out of his ear. It was a lot bigger than three, and he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it out there and see what happens. Uh, the Scripture doesn't tell us. So it must not be that important, but it is important to this because of what it uh, calls Jesus to say. Next, Uh, Peter's thinking he's given a pretty good answer, but I think he's a little surprised with what Jesus comes back with, because Jesus says this. He says, I tell you, not seven times, but 70, seven times, not 77, but 70 sometimes. In other words, 70 times seven. That's a lot of times, isn't it? Now, I don't think he means 409. I don't think he says, okay, 487. 488, 489, 490! I'm done! I don't think that's what he's talking about. I think the 490 means endless. You know, it's the perfect number times the perfect number times 10. It's kind of like, he doesn't say, but it's kind of like infinity. (laughs) You know, mm -hmm. there's no end to the number of times you're called to forgive. I'm sure... Peter was a little bit surprised by the answer. And then, and then Jesus does what he does so often in those four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He launches into a parable. You knew that was coming because that's our focus, right? Parable. Um, he launches into this parable. Again, a parable is a simple story designed to share a greater principle, a greater truth something that we can kind of latch on to help us understand something that's more difficult to latch on to. Um, he's talking about, uh, the, and this particular parable, he introduces uh, in a way that he introduces several. In fact, I think we did a series uh, on these a year or two ago. He, he, he introduced it by saying, the kingdom of heaven is like right? Kingdom of heaven is light. Now, we go back to our eighth grade English. I used to teach English high school, but if you go back to eighth or ninth grade English, right? Remember, you have comparisons. You have a metaphor that they say is an implied comparison, but then you have the simile, right? Where you say, this is like or as this. You remember that definition right on the little quiz. And like, this is like this. An opportunity to say, something I understand to help me understand something I don't understand. Something easy to grasp is like something that's harder to grasp. That's the idea behind it anyway. That's what the whole point of that is. The kingdom of heaven is like. And then Jesus shares this story. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began to the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. (laughs) Wow. But (laughs) there's always a but, isn't there? But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him. Isn't it interesting? He's going to say exactly what this guy had just got done saying to the king. Be patient with me and I will pay you back. Exactly what he just said and was relieved of the debt, right? Be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off, had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told the master everything that had happened happened. So the servant's unable to pay the debt. The king decides that instead of selling all of his possessions and selling him and his wife and his kids into slavery, that he will forgive the debt. He will cancel that debt. Wow. Now, why don't this take a couple of minutes to talk about the magnitude of that debt so we can really understand uh, the severity of the forgiveness here, how incredible the forgiveness is. Now, a bag of gold in this translation, some other translations they say uh, a talent. Talent. Or or in this case, 10,000 talents. Uh, That comes from the Greek talenta. It's a measure of money, of gold. A talent, or this bag of gold, was worth about 20 years of a common day laborer's wages. 20 years. And now he, he owes 10,000 of these. 60 million days of pay. That's a lot. Two things here. One... <clears throat> I marvel at, how did he get in such debt? <laughs> that is a lot of debt, 60 million days worth to pay. And the fact that he says, I'll pay you back. <laughs> Come on. You're a day laborer. You don't have 60 million days. Plus, what are you going to live on while you're... Okay. But doesn't ask, it doesn't go into that, does it? Because that's not really the point. The point of the story was that is an incredible debt but what's even more incredible is that the king canceled it I mean unbelievable how somebody would get 60 million days pay in debt but even more unbelievable that somebody is able to say we're okay you don't owe me a cent isn't that just mind-boggling to you? It is, it is to me. I mean, I'm sure the king was wealthy and all that, but wow, sixty. Uh, now, hard to imagine having debt like that. Hard to imagine that a king would 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 relieve him of that debt. What what, what do you think? Uh, don't you wouldn't you expect the person relieved of that debt to be doing like cartwheels and everything's great with the world? I mean, come on, hello. And what does this servant do? Well, he finds a fellow servant who owes him some money. Now, this amount of money isn't really a trifle, but when you compare it to the other debt, (laughs) there's not a whole lot of comparison. Um, This is a hundred silver coins. Uh, uh, I think we used the term last week, denarii. Uh, You find that in the scripture. A denarii is, is equivalent to like one day's wage. So, uh, 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 or a denarius. I'm sorry, that's the singular. Denarius is one day's wage. So, a hundred denarii would be a hundred days' wages, a little over three months. Now, that's pretty significant, right? But it's it's I think paybackable if you care if you're careful. It's in no comparison to sixty million days' wages. One hundred versus sixty million. You get that? I mean, it's just mind boggling the difference. But this guy owes. Uh, as somebody who owes him that, and um, and and and, and the, the, he doesn't allow him to cancel. It. He he um, he he. The servant grabs the one who owes him a hundred denarii, and he begins to choke him, demanding payback of what is owed. And the one being choked begs him to be patient, just as he had begged the king himself promises to pay back, which is much more likely than this guy would have paid back the $60 million. And yet that first servant refuses and has him thrown into prison for debt. By the way, I've always marveled at it. When you're in prison, how are you going to ever repay the debt? Another story another day. Anyway, when the other servants saw this, they were outraged. They were outraged, and and they told their master, they told the king what had happened. Here's the tough part of the story here. Then the master called the servant in, and he said, You wicked servant! I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And in anger, his master handed him over to the jailer to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. (laughs) So I have a feeling he's going to be tortured forever. (laughs) This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Ouch. Did you feel an ouch there at the end? Like somebody kind of stepping on toe? That's us too, isn't it? That's how the Heavenly Father will treat us unless we forgive our brothers or sisters from our heart. Wow. That's a tough teaching there, isn't it? You know, I I always have trouble wrapping my brain around this whole kingdom of heaven idea, kingdom of God. I don't know, but it's... I I just can't grasp the whole thing. My cognitive powers aren't that powerful. When we sing that song, I think I've shared before, when we sing, I can only... I won't sing it, so I don't want to lose you. Um, When when the song, I Can Only Imagine, for me, I'm singing, I can't begin to imagine. I can't begin to imagine. Kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, God... I mean, I have glimpses, I have... But the whole thing's just, wow, beyond my pea-sized brain. And and this parable of the unmerciful servant kind of reminds me of that. And, and here's why. Um, it's a challenge for me to forgive sometimes. I know, I'm the pastor guy. I'm supposed to just be, I'm supposed to be on like automatic, I know. But let's get real here. I'm human just like you. Sometimes forgiveness is not the easiest thing. Can I get a little amen to that? I was afraid I was all by myself there. <laughs> Forgiveness is not the easiest thing in the world for me or apparently for you. And, um, and the things people have done to me aren't that monumental. I mean, I know people who have uh, th- th- things people have done to them, hurts, abuses, that my stuff seems like peanuts, And I'm having trouble, so I can't imagine how challenging it must be to offer forgiveness in some situations where it's really, really, really hurtful stuff. Um, And yet, when we read this parable, when we read this thing about the king and the servant, what I get is just how incredible the forgiveness of God is. How, that's why I have trouble wrapping my brain around it because it's the magnitude is just beyond my brain power. We're, we're reminded of just how great the price that Jesus paid for our forgiveness was. We're reminded just how incredible our debt is that has been canceled. Because Jesus is the king in this story of the 60 million, you know? That's a big debt to cancel. This, this parable brings us face-to-face with the forgiveness that we've been given and therefore brings us face to face with our need to forgive in return, challenging as that is. A debt of like 60 million versus 100. (laughs) You know, I, I think of how painful, how difficult, how challenging it is sometimes to forgive that hundred-day wage debt that we have with one another. How challenging that is, and that gives us just a little tiny inkling of what Jesus did when we consider that at 60 million. And actually, the numbers, it's like endless, (laughs) infinite versus finite. You with me? This verse is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And that's not to imply that it should be easier for us to forgive because I know and you know it's not always easy, even though we say that's what we need to do. What this is is a reminder, I think, for us of how incredible it is that we've been forgiven thanks to the blood of Jesus Christ, thanks to his death on the cross, thanks to God loving the world so much that he would sacrifice his one and only son That whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life, will live through eternity with God, will be one with the Father through all, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit through all eternity. Wow. Mind-boggling, isn't it? So that whoever believes in him might not perish but have eternal life. So here's the question for us. Do you believe in Him? Those who, who believe will not... Do you truly believe? Do, do you truly believe that Jesus died for you? Not that He died. and Not that He died to save us. Uh, do you truly believe that He died for you? That if you were the only one in the world, Jesus still would have given up His life on the cross for your salvation. That's pretty mind boggling, isn't it, when you think about it. That's whoa whoa. That's out there. Do you believe that through his life and his death and his resurrection that the king, our king, has canceled our debt, paid it in full, nothing owed. Wow. Unbelievable. And in return, do you believe that it's possible for you to cancel the debt of somebody else? That it's possible, even some debt that's unimaginable, do you believe it's possible for you to cancel that debt as well? Somebody that you need to forgive. Maybe not for their sake, but it's probably for your sake. Because as we've said before, oftentimes the other person doesn't even know that you have, you've holding this grudge for thirty years. They go, "What, really?" And that's been eating you up. It's for your sake. I mean, it's almost a selfish thing, like I've said before. At times, it's almost selfish is forgiveness because it's for the sake of the one doing the forgiving. It's for your well-being, and it's not saying that what you did was okay. Or that go and do it again. Jesus, when he forgives you, he's not saying what you did was okay, does he? Not in the least. He doesn't say, oh, th- go do it again. That's all right. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, no, that was wrong, but we can move on and we can cancel that debt. When we forgive, it doesn't say what you did was okay. What it says is we can move on, and I'm not going to allow that to continue to control me, to continue to hold me down, to continue to become between us, because that makes it come between me and God. I'm not going to allow that to happen. And we're able to do that, not because of what that other did, person did or didn't do. I like, say, oh, he never even said he's sorry. What's that got to do with it? That has nothing to do with it. It's not because of what that other person's willing to do or not do. It's because of what Jesus did. Because Jesus forgives us, that allows me to be able to forgive you. It's because Jesus, uh, not because I have the power, but because Jesus empowers us to be able to forgive. Because Jesus was able to cancel our debt, then uh, we're able to cancel debts with one another. As challenging as that is, as difficult as that is, as nearly as impossible as that someday seems to be. Doing some um, I was preparing for the message this morning, I I, I was thinking about uh, a forgive, something from a few years ago, and when I looked it up, it was incredible that it, <laughs> the anniversary of this occurrence was just this past week, the second of October. six years ago, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Um, you may have read in the news, seen on the news, a local man there, a 32-year-old guy, a milkman, um, gathered some kids in a schoolhouse, and long story short, point blank, killed five little girls and wounded five others. You remember the story. This is the anniversary six years. It was all over the news. The, that's not the real story. I mean, that's the story, but the, the real story, the oomph the story, the story for this morning is that somehow that community of people, those Amish people, those God-loving, God-fearing God-humbling, Christ-centered community of people were able to forgive this guy in some very real and, and tangible ways. Strange as that, foreign as that is to at least my pea-sized brain, how challenging that would be. One gesture of forgiveness was when this community donated money to the killer's widow and their three young children. But I think perhaps the most powerful act of forgiveness was when members of this Amish community they went to the burial service of the man who was responsible for the shootings. Several of these Amish families who just the day before had buried their own daughters were in attendance and hugged the killer's widow and other members of his family. Doesn't that just boggle your mind? Just, I mean, I, I try to wrap my brain around. I go, "Wow, how, how do you do that? How?" At the time, I remember saying, whew, how, "How can?" Know, if it was my kids, I'm not sure how good I would be at that. But wow, this community that's so Christ-centered, Christ-focused—it wasn't easy. From what i read, they, they still needed some grief counseling. You know, the Amish aren't immune from that. They, they still needed some help with the grieving to getting through this whole crazy thing. And I'm sure it wasn't just snap, snap. Uh, they had some challenge. I'm sure it was challenging. And yet they were able to somehow do that, to forgive in some very real, visible, uh, uh, tangible ways. they were able to forgive even something as tragic as the loss of their children. Wow. And they were able to do that because of Jesus Christ, pure and simple. Because Jesus forgives, they were able to forgive. Because Jesus forgives, you and I are able to forgive even when it's not easy even when it goes beyond our comprehension, even when it goes beyond our imagination. Because Jesus forgives, we're able to forgive. Hmm. Might be one of the most difficult things we've ever done, yet as followers of Jesus, we're able. Because he forgives, we can forgive. In fact, he calls us to forgive. Calls us. Expects us to forgive. And the truth is, we're only going to find peace when we're able to somehow be able to find that forgiveness. It's the only time we'll find peace. The peace in Christ comes from that peace of being able to forgive as Christ forgives us. But we can do it thanks to Him. It is possible thanks to Christ to cancel the debt. Amen. Amen. That's the good news. Let's live it. Let's pray. Most holy God, wow, that's a tough teaching today. Calling us to forgive. And yet you've reminded us of, wow, just how the magnitude of your forgiveness for us in Christ, the sacrifice. I pray that each one here would know your forgiveness. Would know that Christ loves them enough to die for them. That each one here would uh, would recognize Him as Lord and Savior, and and in that so doing, they would also be able to somehow forgive. I pray forgiveness. Uh, each one here maybe has someone that they need to let go of a hurt that they need to somehow let go. And through you, I know we know that's possible. I pray that you will bring that that uh, that ability to forgive, that willingness, that openness, that possibility because Jesus forgives, we might forgive also we ask these things in Christ's name and the power of your Holy Spirit, all God's children said, Amen Thank you for joining us for our podcast for more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org